Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. All right, we were strategic about our podcasting plans this weekend. We realized that this was going to be an epic one across all four games, so we waited till it was all said and done, so that way we could cover the 49ers game at Lambeau Field. But then the ones that almost won up that, or probably did one up it on Sunday, the Tampa Bay Rams game won by LA, setting up the NFC Championship for. 49ers against the Rams at SoFi Stadium and then obviously the Bills in Kansas City that was crazy it felt like I was watching a video game on rookie mode I mean that, that's my friend who was so much better at me in uh, Madden you know the video game when we were growing up it, it, he would always really frustrate me because I thought that I would finally beat him and there'd be like 13 seconds left and he would still somehow find a way to drive the field and tie the game I didn't think that was actually supposed to be possible in real life but uh, I guess Kansas City and, and Buffalo have made it possible with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes that being said speaking of impossible things the 49ers Matt pulled off uh, a few more of them at Lambeau Field in a surreal environment that was hands down one of the greatest victories in franchise history. That's how this will be remembered. People are going to see these shots decades from now. They'll see that snow falling. They'll see the 49ers celebrating at Lambeau. They'll remember them taking down Aaron Rodgers in what might be his last game in a Packers uniform. Who knows? But, I mean, given the stakes, given the opponent, given the setting, uh, there hasn't been much to match that in 49ers history, Matt. We, we truly saw something epic on Saturday night. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think surreal is the right word. I mean, that game in, in the 2013 playoffs uh, was won the same way with a, uh, a walk-off field goal. But that wasn't as good a Packers team. I think the Packers were the four seed. The 49ers were the five seed. Aaron Rodgers was injured that year. A lot of people thought that the the 49ers were going to to go in and, and win that game, and they did. Uh, not as many people, Dennis, thought that the 49ers were going to win this one, including the the Packers fans. Um, you know, their, their team had a a two week rest before the game. Aaron Rodgers is an MVP candidate. Uh, they won the division, number one seed, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody thought in that stadium, nearly everybody thought that uh, the Packers were going to win it. And when that block punt happened and the ball shot up straight, literally straight into the air, 40 feet, 50 feet, um, and came down and Talanoa Hufanga uh, gathered it up and went into the end zone. Now, people had a trouble processing what they saw in there. And they walked out of there, I don't know how many minutes later it was, say 25, and they were just stunned. They were like zombies. David saw it. I saw it. Um, it was uh, it was a very odd and um, hard to process. I think e- even for neutral people who were, who were watching, I think that uh, they were kind of stunned by how that game ended. Uh, low scoring, but 
theatrics uh, throughout the, the whole thing. How did you uh, take it in? How did you enjoy it? Listen, I, I woke up this morning, guys, and I was still thinking, how in the heck did the 49ers pull that football game out? And it, it, it was epic. And, you know, just, just to add to it, it was – it was it was snowing. It looked like one of those snow glow, those little things that you would shake up, and the you know the snow's coming down. Uh, you know Eric Armstead sacking uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers on that third down. Um, you know Robbie Gold on the sideline, him coming in, you know kicking that game winning field goal, and, and you know just seeing the guys run around, and then seeing the look on Aaron Rodgers' face as he kind of walks off the field. He had to be thinking, you know, these damn 49ers, I can't. You know, first there's Colin Kaepernick, and then now there's Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I can't beat these guys. And just the frustration on his face. But then I looked, you know, I kind of looked back at the game, and I, you know, you know, you held one of the, you know, the one of the highest scoring offenses uh, in the NFL in the second quarter or the second half to, what, 50-something yards. And, you know, this is the lowest I think Aaron Rodgers has ever, you know, points he's ever scored in a football game. So... When I look back at it, and, and it was just crazy. The game was won on the special teams. And we've given so much flack to uh, to Hightower and his, and, and his special teams group. And, and, and they show up in this football game, blocking a field goal, blocking a punt. And then Robbie Gold, of course, kicking the field goal. So, you know, I woke up this morning still tripping. I was still going, man, the 49ers are in the NFC Championship game. They beat Aaron Rodgers uh, and the and the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field in the snow. So it was epic. I really enjoyed. It. I enjoyed the games today. It's been a good. It's been a good weekend of of, of division football playoffs. Well, let's you know try to zoom out and give some perspective to what this means for the 49ers and their franchise history. I can think of only one weather triumph that you know really takes this one and and one ups it, and that's the. January 1989 NFC Championship win over the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field and wind chills of about negative 28 degrees coming off of Lake Michigan. I mean, that was cold, 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 cold. I mean, this was just a couple colds. That was, based on everything I've heard, even more intense. And uh, there were even more pregame rumblings that the 49ers were soft and not ready for the rugged Chicago winter back in January of 1989, and then they went into Soldier Field and they beat Mike Ditka's Bears. I think 28 to three was the final score. So that that was that was a really resounding win, and I believe it was Keena Turner who said after the game, the finesse ass 49ers just came in and kicked the Chicago Bears ass in like negative 20 degree weather. That was the famous quote, and uh, you know, obviously that was you know part of the 49ers dynasty that was right before they won Super Bowl number three and moved on to Super Bowl number four so it's it's gonna be hard to top that especially in a divisional playoff game but just from a strictly visual perspective Dennis it's funny you call it the snow globe but my the headline of my article had snow globe in it I'm looking at this game from the press box so I'm looking down on Lambeau Fields all the players you know are I don't wouldn't say they're specs but they're definitely like little miniature figures right when you're looking down from the press box they're not as big as they seem on tv and it seemed to me that somebody shook up a snow globe and i was just watching the the 49ers and the packers play uh, football in the snow globe right underneath me and i just i had to take a picture of it and that's just still stuck in my head i used the picture in the article when the 49ers were lining up around the 50 yard line on that winning drive you know the the special teams had set them up the defense had set them up here's a stat for you 
Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense averaged 2.5 yards per play in the second half. That was the number one offense in the league. 2.5 yards per play. I mean, just phenomenal stuff. But the offense finished it for the 49ers, obviously set up Robbie Gold to finish it. And to me, Matt, it was just so cool that the 49ers literally had to use every breadth of their you know strength every fiber of their being to win this game they needed the offense at the end they needed the special teams obviously and they needed the defense throughout to get this done and they all performed there in crunch time to accomplish uh, what was really a monumental victory yeah and they dug down deeply and summoned something and um i really thought that this was the end of the team i mean the, the way the game began and throughout the game there was one guy after another who was just limping around. These were major, major figures. It was Trent Williams. It was Debo Samuel. George Kittle was taking a very long time to get up after plays. He, he had to ask the Packers players to, to help him up a couple of times. I just felt like, okay, this was it. Heroic effort this season. And they went even deeper. And I think that's just... Impressive. I know it, it impresses Kyle Shanahan and makes him an absolute believer in this team. And we have to be now because this was tough. I mean, I think that the, the temperature gives the defense an assist here. I mean, just look at, look at the score. But, I mean, it, it was that temperature to begin the game. And Aaron Rodgers just marched right down the field and um, looked like they were about to do the same thing on their second possession. And that's when Fred Warner came in with that uh, that punch out, that peanut punch. And that really changed the game. I mean, that was the game-changing play. And I, I give Warner a lot of credit. I mean, he, didn't, he did not like the attitude on the sideline after the uh, opening drive, 10-play drive, touchdown, easy for the Packers. And he said that, uh, you know, the guys were saying the right thing. They were nodding. They were like, oh, this, this ends now. But he really didn't feel it, didn't feel the fire. And um, he lit one under them. And that's what that's what you need to do. We talked about this a lot at the beginning of the season. Where's the fire? Where's the guy on the sideline, the Ronnie Lott? And apparently uh, Warner took it upon himself to do that. And I, I think that's exactly what you need from a team captain. And not only did he say that, Dennis, but he backed it up with that, that punch out. And he had a great game, a great game just as a, a tackler and in coverage, which is always the key to stopping Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Navarro Bowman or Patrick Willis. Uh, Dre Greenlaw or Fred uh, Warner, they need to have those those linebackers dropping into coverage, making a lot of plays and moving around really well. And uh, I think he did that. He accomplished it. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, leadership is everything, especially in a game like this when you got to go on the road uh, and then the team jumps out at you. Because after that first drive, I was just like, oh, you know, it, it looked like 
um, the Green Bay Packers were doing whatever they wanted to do. They were running the ball well. They were passing the ball well. Devontae Adams was catching the ball. I think his, he caught his first seven targets to him. It was just right down the football field, and then there was a touchdown. I was thinking, oh, man, so much for the rust, so much for the bye week. And then all of a sudden, after like you're right, after that fumble, it was it, the the attitude changed. And you know, I didn't know that Fred Warner said this on the sidelines, but then you go, to go on the field and, and and lead by example that is huge. And then, so I don't know what happened because this defense turned it around. I mean, it was three and out after that, and you could see the frustration on Aaron Rodgers' face. He was very frustrated, and even in the pocket. I mean, the pass rush was getting there. They, I mean, there wasn't, I mean, what did they have? Five sacks? The pressures were there. And, you know, there was a couple times, and, and the coverage was good, too. It was sticky coverage. You know, after that first drive, you know, it, it, it almost felt like they were like, listen, Devontae, William, Don, Devontae Adams is going to get his catch, but but after he gets his catch, we got to tackle this cat. And that's what it, he got some, he got some shots, and they got him on the ground, some good hits on him. Uh, and then Aaron Rodgers looked frustrated. He was throwing a ball, you know, at, at folks he, at, at the ground. He's throwing a ball out of bounds. So I think the coverage was great. And then the and then the pass rush kind of took off. I mean, these guys got a second wind, especially in the second quarter or the second half. They got after Aaron Rodgers. They're getting they're getting in his face or getting in his passing lane. Uh, and they're getting him on his back. And he was getting very frustrated. So, yeah, leadership is 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 everything, you know, and and, you know, the the. The Green Bay Packers did that thing that you can't do. You you can't let a team stick around. You know, you, you let the 49ers stick around long enough. They get some confidence, get some momentum, get some rhythm. And next thing you know, you've, you've lost a football game. So, you know, I, I got to say, you know, Aaron Rodgers, in, in my book, he choked. He choked in the second second half. I mean, he had no yards. You know, he he, he looked like, you know, he, he, did, he looked like he had... You know that bye week rust on him, and it was it was the second half of the football game. In his in his weather, his element, where you know usually does really well. So, you know, hats off to D'Amico Ryan's. I don't know what the game plan was in the second half, but you know these guys really these guys really stood up and made a lot of big plays. Well, both Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo had the ball, a chance with the ball in their hands to move their offense into winning position at the end of the game. Rodgers didn't do the job and Garoppolo did. You're, you're absolutely right, Dennis. 55 passing yards for Aaron Rodgers in the second half. And and the offense that he oversaw, 2.5 yards per play. That's really bad. That's, that's, <laughs> right. that's it. It's anemic. That might be the second worst half of Aaron Rodgers' career following only the first half of the 2019 regular season game against the 49ers. Meanwhile, uh, nobody's saying that Garoppolo was great or prolific statistically, although I think, you know, it was interesting to me, his performance, I thought he was only the only 49ers offensive player who showed up in the first quarter. I thought that Jimmy was playing really well, and he had three passes in the first quarter that were all right on the money, and the 49ers dropped every single one of them. Right, George Kittle dropped what should have been a touchdown. There was a blitz on third down where Garoppolo somehow got it off and got it to Juwan Jennings. He couldn't hold on to it. And there was that other play where Brandon Ayuk got hit and he dropped the ball. They said it was a fumble, then they overturned it, but it was still a drop. He still wasn't able to hang on to it. I think if any one of those three catches goes in the 49ers' favor early in the game, they, they would have stabilized that game a whole lot sooner because they just couldn't get into offensive rhythm. And Tom Compton was getting destroyed at right tackle. There was an ugly play where Lakin Tomlinson got pancaked by Zadarius Smith. I mean, the whole 49ers offense was 
uh, you know, discombobulated outside of Garoppolo, and then Garoppolo joined the party of errors late in the first half when he threw that interception that was inexcusable, right, uh, to Adrian Amos. So trying to go for George Kittle on an off-schedule play, in those conditions, you can't try to force that ball because it's going to be borderline impossible to get enough velocity on that ball when you're throwing through you know, gale force winds and, 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 you know, ice in the air. So, um, so, so, so Jimmy kind of hit that little dip in his play in the middle of the game. It stretched into the second half Four Anners desperately needed something and they got the special teams play that revived them. And then Jimmy finished the game with uh, two big, big completions. And Matt, th- th- I kind of want to talk about the end game here because you had the completion to Kittle on the slant. Then you had a really nice one where Garoppolo was, kind of fading away from the pass rush, and he fired one into Debo Samuel, who hit him in stride, and every single yard mattered there. And, you know, it was a pass-to-set-up-the-run kind of game, right? Because the Packers were going to try to take away the run at all costs. But when Garoppolo hit those two passes in the final drive, the 49ers then hit that third and seven, and guess what? The Packers were a nickel. The Packers thought that the 49ers were going to pass. The 49ers thought they were going to pass too, but they saw that nickel package. They called a timeout, and they went to the draw. And that was the same exact play, that draw to Debo Samuel, that the 49ers ran to Raheem Mostert in the NFC Championship game for the 36-yard touchdown two seasons ago. I mean, there was just so much poetry and, you know, uh, parallels and and to to all these other games. I mean, it was just down the stretch. You, you couldn't even make this up. I mean, third and seven is what erased the 49ers' nightmare of 37 seconds left to Aaron Rodgers. That third and seven made sure Aaron Rodgers stayed on the bench. So everything that had tormented the 49ers since week three, they got rid of on that one play when Devo Samuel rumbled to that first down. Yeah, I was looking at my notes uh, on the plane ride back today, and and on that drive, I wrote real zip. Uh, because I, I was wondering about Garoppolo and his arm strength and, and whether the thumb, the shoulder was bothering him. Um, you know, a couple of those, more than a couple, three of those passes to the sideline, um, in, including that Adrian Amos interception, just had nothing on them. Uh, they just fluttered out there and uh, were just uh, TD balls. Um, and uh, the, the 49ers uh, feel like uh, Garoppolo cheated death on, on two of those. I think one was to Elijah Mitchell. The other was to Charlie Warner. Um, just hung up there and he didn't get anything on him. But, um, you know, I, I don't think ultimately that the, the, the thumb and, and the shoulder were affecting his throws because when he pushed the ball downfield, and this is his, his sweet spot in the middle of the field, you know, short, medium throws, they look great. Uh, you know, his arm strength looked just as as good as as Aaron Rodgers did. Uh, and I think it's because and Garoppolo touched on this a bit afterward. Um, you know, he just was 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 not able to plant his feet on that field like he normally likes to on a lot of those throws. A lot of those throws, he was kind of escaping bad uh, protection and just kind of winged it out there, but didn't really get. His lower body, that's where Jimmy Garoppolo has his strength. He's got uh, a strong lower body, thick lower body. When he steps into the throw, he gets zip on it. Um, and uh, that's what was lacking on the sideline stuff, uh, but was uh, in abundance, I thought, in the second half on the over-the-middle things. And Dennis, that's what uh, that's what marched them down the field. Uh, those those two nice, uh, n- nice throws and then what David just described, that set up. For the Debo Samuel slash Raheem Mostert 
uh, run, and, and and Debo is very much the Raheem Mostert, the the uh, the home run hitter that they bring in when they need something like that, and it all worked uh, to perfection in that last uh, last two minutes. Yeah, and and talk about grit and just you know leaving it on the football field, and you know Debo was banged up. I, I don't know if he got got the wind knocked out of him or he got hit in the ribs, but he took a shot. And came out the game for a while in that last drive. I mean, I, I remember, I, I, I can remember seeing it on, on television, him limping off the field, I think, even after that play. Uh, and then, you know, seeing um, Trent Williams just limping off the field, but, you know, staying in the football game. And, and of course, Jordan Willis, you know, he, I don't think he was even expected to play in the game with that ankle sprain. And he comes in and he blocks a kick, becomes you know, gets the game ball. So, you know, these guys, I mean, it, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's playoff time and it, it, it's urgency. It's, it's one and done, but it really felt like these guys showed a lot of great George Kittle, just, you know, there's, you said it being helped up after plays and, you know, these guys who have, they've had a long football season and I think a lot of us gave up on them. Uh, you know, thought the season was over and they just kind of fought back. And, you know, that Rams game, that first Rams game was kind of the turnaround. And then, they get some momentum, and then they lose some football games, and everyone's you know jumping on Jimmy Garoppolo, and then all of a sudden he starts playing well. The defense, the pass rush comes in, and now here we are. You know, you go on the road, you beat Dallas, and now you go on the road and you beat Green Bay, and now you know you got to go on the road uh, back to the Rams where you just kind of dominate. So, you know, it's it's been a long season, but these guys have really shown me a lot. I mean, I, I was one of those guys that was thinking the season might have been over when they were what three and five or whatever it was, or after that Indianapolis loss, I thought the season might have been over. But these guys, you know, they showed me a little bit of something. They showed me a little bit of heart. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm impressed. These these last two games, I've, I've been super – the last three games, I've been super yeah. impressed with this. I mean, it feels like they've been in the playoffs for three weeks, and they've looked fantastic. You know, it, you know, it, at times the offense is off, but defense makes up for it. Defense is off, offense makes up for it. And this week – you know, special teams makes up for everybody. So I'm impressed by the guys. Yeah, and, and I mean, they haven't played a complete game yet in this three-game playoff stretch, right? It's the opposite of 2019 where they just blew everybody out in the playoffs. They took care of the Vikings, and then they just absolutely obliterated the Packers in that title game. So it was a clear path at home to the Super Bowl for the 49ers. This time, they're taking the hard route, and I am wondering if that hard route is going to benefit them in the long run, if they are now battle-hardened, if they're tougher than that 2019 team, which ultimately didn't go all the way, which ultimately collapsed in the fourth quarter of that Super Bowl. Maybe the fire that the 49ers have gone through over the past three weeks is what's needed to you know, harden the steel so that they can get through these final two games. The 49ers are two wins away from hoisting their sixth Lombardi trophy. They're, they're not far away right now. So, I mean, it's, you know, NFC Championship. You're right there. You're knocking on the doorstep. But obviously, they need something a little extra from compared to what they had in 2019. They had a great team that year, but they need something a little extra. Maybe that little bit of extra has been forged here over the course of the adversity of this season and over the course of the past three weeks. And, you know, uh, we, we might start getting part of our answer this next weekend at SoFi Stadium because the 49ers are headed back to play the Rams. It will be uh, one of those full circle things because this playoff run started in week 18 
with a game against the Rams, one where the 49ers rose from the dead. They were down 17-0. They tied it up at 24. They won in overtime. I'm wondering now, Matt, is this the week that we finally see the 49ers put together a full game or at least three quarters of a game, not just one half of a game that they squeak by in the end? That's really impressive to me that they can win against these good teams not playing great for 60 minutes. But, uh, you know, I am I am waiting for everything to kind of fall together for the 49ers. Maybe that's just not in their identity. Maybe everything's going to be torture with this team. But uh, I do think that they're due for a, for a more commanding performance. And it sure would be a good time for it this week against the Rams. Yeah, that wouldn't be uh, in keeping with the 2021 49ers, though. They, they need the drama, uh, like George Kittle says, that, that this team is made for TV. The TV loves them, and, and I really think it was the best game. I, I think Dennis probably agrees with me. I, I just thought that the, the defense just made it special, sort of a throwback game. Uh, but uh, the Rams, uh, you know, will, will be uh, a challenge like they always are. I mean, that uh, the Week 18 game, the 49ers definitely had more to play for than the Rams. Uh, they, and they also were playing uh, essentially a home field with, what, 70, 75% uh, of the of the stadium being uh, 49ers fans. I don't think it's going to be quite that for this game. Um, but, uh, you know, the Rams, the Chargers, they're, they're still filling out their, their fan base uh, down there in, in Southern California. And um, I think the 49ers are, are going to benefit. I mean, I think the Rams really did them a huge favor. Uh, a lot of people have been tweeting me saying, oh, it's so hard to beat a team three times in a season. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, it's hard to beat a team one time in a season. Um, you know, these teams are really familiar with each other, being division rivals, um, basically running the same offensive system. So I don't know if the familiarity thing favors the Rams or, or, or not. I think probably the uh, the emotional element of it, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, – uh, the Rams uh, focusing, not letting these guys beat us three times is probably a, a bigger factor. But as De- as David just said, I mean, there's a resolve about these 49ers. They don't flinch. Whereas the Rams, wow, that game today, it had a, a bad news bears uh, quality to it. Like everything that could go wrong with the Rams did. That errant snap to me is the is one of the lasting images from that game. And the ball went right past Matthew Stafford's face mask at the most inopportune time. I mean, it was just a calamity. And they pulled it out, um, you know, with some great, fantastic Stafford throws. But um, it it just got silly there for a while. And, uh, you know, the the 49ers, uh, uh, as David said, have been hardened. And uh, they've been in playoff mode for a while now. And I think that benefits them. I, I don't think that teams can just kind of flip it on. Uh, when they need to, if you've been, if you're used to playing that way, it's sort of that old adage: you uh, you play how you practice. If you practice all the time, really hard, you're going to play that way. Uh, and, and the 49ers have been in this mode for about a month now. Uh, so uh, you know, I, I'm certainly not going to pick against them, Dennis, in this uh, in this game coming up. Yeah, and it, it's going to be tough to pick against them because the, the way they're the way they're playing, and you know, in the playoffs. Ugly, it doesn't matter as long as you get the win. And the 49ers have, have figured out just win the football game. And, and that's what they've done. Whatever it takes, you know, whatever level it is, just win football games. And they've won some ugly football games. They've had to come back, come back and win football games. They had to, you know, show up on special teams. Defense had 
to do something big. And they've just kind of made it happen. So, you know, their man, their mentality right now is, you know, they're, they're in that playoff mode. Uh, and they're in that mode where guys just need to make plays. And we talk about Fred Warner. I mean, one of the leaders of the football team. He's thinking to himself, I've just got to make a play. And I think that's the attitude. You know, Kwan Williams, uh, Jaquaski Tart, all those guys, I think, are in that mode. Eric Armstead. Think about Eric Armstead. Look at his stats for the last three weeks. He's just decided he's going He's going to rush the passer. He's going to get sacked. He's going to do his part uh, when he's in the football game. So they, they're, they're in that mode right now. So if they can keep that urgency up, good week of practice, you know, take a short flight to L.A. Uh, and understand what's in front of them. You know, you, you beat the Rams again. It doesn't matter if you, if you beat them 10 times in a row. I mean, it just, know, it just shows that you know how to beat them. And with the Rams, you, you know, you got to be, you got to out physical them. You got to be physical at the line of scrimmage. You know, they got a good, they got a good defensive line. Yeah, 49ers have a great defensive line. So you just got to be, you got to out physical them at the line of scrimmage and reestablish, reestablish the line of scrimmage. So you know how to beat them. So it makes it easy. You know how to beat them. Just have to figure out how to get yourself there and go in there and take care of business. You know, one thing the 49ers have in their favor that they didn't last week, they were the team playing on a short week and not only that the team they were playing the Packers was coming off a bye so right the 49ers went from a Sunday game to a Saturday game and Green Bay had had the whole entire week off well this time because the 49ers did play on Saturday they're going from Saturday to Sunday that's an extra day of rest and their opponent the Rams played on Sunday so they're going Sunday to Sunday so that and also you know I mentioned this around halftime of the Rams Tampa Bay game I said 49ers you know you can't really realistically expect Tampa Bay to come back and win this game because they were so far behind. But 49ers at least hoped that Tampa Bay would make a game of it, right? So they would tax the Rams a bit. And Tampa Bay did all that and more. They they tied the game up there late. And that did tax the Rams down the stretch. So both the 49ers and the Rams are coming off strenuous games, uh, you know, at least a couple time zones away from the West Coast. The 49ers was probably more physically challenging because it came in in severe weather conditions, but they do and did have that extra day to recover from it. So uh, we'll see if that that all evens out. But at the very least, Matt, the 49ers won't be at uh, rest disadvantage this week. At at the very least, they should be even with uh, the Rams. Yeah, and the Rams are, you know, in in, in Florida. They they, they had a long trip. Um, I think they played well over – 70 snaps you know the 49ers were in the high 50s uh i'm not sure what kind of um how taxing it is to play in that in that cold i'm sure it's got to be more so than any other environment so that that's a factor but you know they 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 were kind of uh on on their sofas on on sunday relaxing Fred Warner was talking about sleep. I mean, that's another reason why he's such a, a good leader. He, he's he's a responsible guy too. I mean, he he's the, the the one who's sort of setting the tone as far as you know getting the adequate amount of sleep and all that kind of scientific stuff. So um, you know, they, they they Dennis is right. They they know what it takes to beat this team. Um, you know, the 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 game is going to be close, and I, I don't I don't think it, you can expect the 49ers just to go in there and, and dominate the Rams at all. Uh, but, you know, they, they do have things to their advantage. They won that game uh, in Week 18 with, with Colton McKibbitts as the as the left tackle uh, with some, some COVID issues as well. So um, we don't know what's going to happen with, with Trent Williams. It seems as if 
it's a, um, I don't want to say run-of-the-mill lower ankle sprain because it, it seems severe, but it's not the high ankle sprain, the, the serious high ankle sprain that's going to keep him out for five weeks or so. So my guess is that he's back in the lineup, and that's, uh, that's something that they didn't have, and, and they still uh, beat this team uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, and, and they're still the Rams. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, it's playoff. It's NFC Championship. They're, they're still the Rams, the same Rams. Knock them in the mouth, pop them in the mouth, they'll give up. And, and that's why the 40, that, that, that's, that's what the 49ers have been doing for years uh, to, to the L.A., Anaheim, whatever Rams. You pop them in the mouth, they give up. They, they have a lot of respect for this organization because we beat, about, beat up on them so much. So, you know, I, I think that's got to be the mentality. You know, you, you own this team, you own this organization, go down there and take care of business. But I do have to admit, I was kind of uh, watching, watching the Rams and Tampa play. I was kind of hoping that Brady was going to pull that out, pull that win out today. And then uh, the 49ers fly to Tampa and play Tom Brady because I would love to see the 49ers goal rush just get after Tom Brady and watch him get frustrated. <laughs> that didn't happen, but I, I was kind of hoping for that, to see the old man get beat up a little bit. He did get beat up a little bit, though. He, didn't you have a bloody lip in that, that game? Lip, the blood, yeah. That lip thing. I, I, would, I was just sitting there thinking, I would love to see Ar- Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, DJ Jones just kind of pounce on, on, on Tom Brady because he's a statue. You look at him, he just stands in the pocket. He has so much trust in his offensive line. But I would have loved to see, you know, the 49ers pass rush go against Tampa Bay's offensive line and just dominate and just beat up on Tom Brady. Is that rude? Yeah, or and what? I thought, well, <laughs> I thought it was in the cards, you know. I thought that, that that that's how, you know, they're talking about Brady potentially retiring now. And God, what better way for him to, to go out than, than a game against his hometown team, right? The 49ers against the quarterback who... Uh, was initially brought to New England to replace him and Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, the whole master and apprentice thing. Uh, uh, if, we, if we want to borrow another Star Wars uh, uh, reference there, but th- it didn't happen. I just thought that that would have been a perfect capper to, to a four-game stretch. You know, you'd have Rams, Cowboys, Packers, and then Brady. And instead we get it bookended by the Rams, which is intriguing in a different way, but... To me, we've already seen that game, so I, I, I personally just wanted to see that new storyline, but it seemed that it was on its way to happening, but it didn't. Oh, oh well. So we just move on, and, and we watch the 49ers and the Rams. Anyway, we're keeping this one a little bit shorter because uh, we're a little bit further after the game. Uh, we're going to talk to you guys a little bit more coming up, but that was fun. We talked about the 49ers and the Packers, and we looked ahead to the 49ers and the Rams. NFC Championship Coming up, this 49ers team will not stop. Even though you think they might be dead, uh, they, they pop right back up and they keep on fighting. And that's what's made this run so special to cover. For Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you next time. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.